We are four friends in three states across two time zones with a shared passion. Welcome to the Sports Talk Garage Podcast, where we hit the fast lane to discuss our favorite drives from the track in the ice to the court in the ball fields. We are four lifelong friends who grew up with a love of professional and collegiate sports. Today, we are bankers, investors, professors, and entrepreneurs, but our love of sports has never changed. Come listen for the fun, gain some insight, and probably a few laughs as we give you our perspective on those last lap lead changes, game-winning scores, and franchise players. This is the Sports Talk Garage. Right, welcome to episode 30 of the Sports Talk Garage podcast. My name is David, and joined by my normal co-host, John and Matt. We're happy to be back with you this week. Uh, looking at a new topic, kind of related to what we've done a few weeks ago. Uh, before we get into that, though, let's go ahead and start the warm-up lap. Guys, how's the week going so far? It's good, man. It's been crazy. Uh, being getting back in the swing of things from vacation, but it is steamy hot in Chicago which my wife loves and me not so much, but I guess it's better than 30 below. So doing good here. Enjoying the summer in Chicago. Doesn't get any better than that. Mm. Matt, how about you? Pretty good. Uh, football season starting to wind up in the coaching world. So uh, got to get first look at the guys that will be coaching this year and pretty excited. Good. good. Well, yeah, John, you said hot. It's been blistering hot here. It's supposed to be, 107 with the heat index Saturday, so I'm not looking forward to that. I think oh, it's supposed to be, be 115 up here. Come on, man. 115? Yep. Come on. Yeah, I'll say the actual temp tomorrow is supposed to be, uh, what, what would that be, Thursday? It's supposed to be 97 degrees oh. actual temp tomorrow. Cool. So, of course, I have to travel out of the city uh, on a commuter so, train, so it'll be nice and toasty waiting on the train. Yep. <laughs> better wear a short sleeve shirt to work tomorrow. Oh, you know me. I, I, you know I don't dress up or anything. So that should be a well-known oh. fact. Anybody that knows me, I'll be rocking oh. a bear shirt or something like that, there a polo or something like that. And that sounds yeah. nice. I wish I could do that in the summer. <laughs> uh, well, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, uh, we're kind of taking a different spin. A few weeks ago, we looked at some of our favorite movies in the sports world. Uh, we're going to twist that just a little bit and look at some of our favorite sport video games. So we all grew up playing video games. Uh, I think a lot of you out there probably do as well, especially in the sports realm. Uh, so we're going to drop the green flag. And before getting into the game specifically, we're going to take a look on the consoles you play them on. Kind of look at the pros and cons of each, what we prefer, what we like, what we might make fun of. So we're just going to start on the list. Uh, let's go and start with the Sony PlayStation what are some your thoughts? What are some pros, cons? What do you like about it or not like about it? So I'm probably one of the, maybe not a few, but I'm one of the uh, maybe smaller percentage of people that own uh, every one of these systems with the exception of the boys from Nintendo. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up a PlayStation guy. I like it. Um I went on a pretty long hiatus when Xbox 360 came out. It became my primary device, and then I went to an Xbox One and went through, uh, well, I went through like six or seven Xbox 360s. Got the red, red ring of death a bunch of times mm. for thanks to Best uh, Buy's stupid warranty program. <laughs> I, just, I just kept replacing them for me, so I'm like, all right, whatever. But, um, yeah, all so about those. For, for PS4... Um, for me, pros, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the, of the light and the 
um, speaker on the DualShock controller. Um, I like that, like, for instance, if you're playing a racing game, uh, say F1 2019, you come up on a yellow flag segment, the controller actually turns yellow back to green when you're out of that, that particular part of the track. Um, you know, you get cool little alerts. Uh, if there's different characters in some games, they're talking. Your controller will turn different colors just to so you can kind of can very quickly identify like and, and associate colors with 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 characters. So I like that. And having a speaker on the controller, I thought is a pretty cool thing. Um, you know, when you're playing more intensive action games, it just kind of adds another element of sound around you uh, to kind of enhance your surround sound. So I'm a big fan of that for sure definitely helps that immersive experience kind of enhancing all the senses using to get you involved into the game. So, yeah, I, I actually grew up more of a PlayStation guy than anything else on this list, although I slowly converted over. Um, but I had every, every variation of PlayStation all the way back to the original. So okay. one thing all, you did mention. All truth, though, with David, David had the original PlayStation all the way through the, all the way through the current model. We had to get him almost free an <laughs> Xbox to get him to join the Xbox One Club. Yeah, but you know, one thing you did say about the controller, I do love. I love the feel of it. It's kind of natural with it being the same on each side, and I love the touchpad. The speaker is really nice. Um, yeah, so I kind of grew up on the PlayStation side with Sony. I don't really know why. I just kind of that's just the first system I had on this list, and just kind of stuck with it. So okay, well, as the uh, are you asking a question about David? No, no, go ahead. I, I have, <laughs> I have a, uh, a con that, that counteracts David, but I'll get to it in a minute. Yeah. So go ahead, Matt. Well, just as the, I guess, probably the more gamer of the group, having grown up with it as a uh, basically only child at that point. Um, hey, you and me both. You know, that's fair. My nearest sibling <laughs> is eight years older than me, so. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be a gamer till the day I die. There you go. <laughs> yeah, John and I get on quite a bit. Maybe one day we'll have to share gamer tags and allow you know get people to come play with us. But um, I didn't own a PlayStation until, gosh, I think PlayStation Three had been out and they were headed toward PlayStation Four. I actually bought a PlayStation Two just to be able to get back into some titles that I really wanted to play from friends that had it. But I've been an Xbox guy since the original. I guess I'm always the different one of the group. I'm a Duke fan. They're all Tower Heel fans. I'm the Xbox guy. Everybody else had PlayStations. So it was lonely on my end of the ball game. But, you know, at the same time, I had Halo, so it was fun. Uh, I also had the original Nintendo all the way up. Let's see, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and then 64 got expensive. So, you know, kind of just let that move past. And uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about computers, too. I actually built a gaming computer to be able to play with some friends for a while didn't get a whole lot into it just because it's um, easier to keep playing for games that are made for one console versus, you know, trying to upgrade the computer all the time. Uh, but I do have those friends that are console gamers, get to see them on Twitch and stuff. So I, I'll say I'm probably the bigger, like, spread out consoles and tried everything. Yeah. And well, as you guys mentioned, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, we're going to move over to Xbox next. Um, yeah, one thing that I love about that more than probably anything else is I know more people who own an Xbox and have an Xbox account than anything else on this list. So if I want to play with somebody online, that's the first place I'm going to go to. Yeah, and to go, I don't want to jump too early to, to Xbox. I, I, I kind of want to talk some crap about PlayStation first. So <laughs> go for it. 
uh, a couple more. Well, I will say a couple more pros. I mean, they do have virtual reality capabilities. I know it's coming along, and and they're definitely ahead of the game when it uh, and it comes to that particular area that Microsoft is with the you know they had the Phil Connect uh, experiment that didn't go anywhere. Although strangely enough, a lot of games in 2019 still, still apparently have the ability to connect. Yeah, but it's it's weird that it's kind of not you can't even find it on microsoft website anymore true but they are bringing Um, the cortana system in where you can speak to xbox and you know alexa style and have it respond to you yeah they're you know microsoft's trying to put that push that across all their platforms uh right now it's dumber than siri and you know i it is to be to be the biggest apple fanboy on earth i'll be the first to say that siri is stupid as crap so um that, that tells you what Cortana's like but um uh, another big pro that I, that um i think well one i think the virtual reality makes the playstation more family friendly because there is some of those games you can like get up and interact with um kind of like you know the Wii of, of older days um, they do currently have a big advantage that Microsoft is getting ready to close down, and that's remote play. So right now you can use the PS4 uh, PlayStation Network app and actually remote play on your iOS devices. Um, that's actually getting a big upgrade from Microsoft. They're going to have the ability to do that. Um, so you know, I'm looking forward to you know coming back maybe next time I'm traveling to North Carolina or something like that. You know, on that long drive, you know, if the wife is driving, I can throw up my iPad and, and play some, you know, Call of Duty, basically, while I'm driving <laughs> down there using a, con- you know, using an Xbox controller. So, looking forward to that. But right now, that is an advantage. Um, I'm riding I will with say you next my... time you go south. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> well, aren't you the guys that, like, drove to Florida and basically packed in, like, a 40-inch TV in the back of a van with uh, a... Forerunner. Like, four, four power converters. That was, and... that was more of, like, a 12-inch TV. <laughs> No, it wasn't. <laughs> what? That was a full twenty-eight no. plus inch TV okay. or thirty-two inch TV, uh, dude. That thing barely fit with that back seat down the yeah, floor. Yeah, man. You're, I remember, you're right. I remember right. that thing being. You're right. Pretty big. With a PlayStation so. Three, and I had to pull okay. all you noobs at uh, what was it? Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Quick shout out to Roger and his crazy technological advances. <laughs> um. The only other, I guess, cons that I have for PlayStation One, I, I will say, I think their controller is more durable, for at least for my personal use, than Microsoft's controller. But uh, to me, my, I don't know what it is because it's. I think with it being slimmer than Xbox, to me, I get more like hand cramp after mm-hmm. you know multiple hours of play, versus I rarely ever do on Xbox. Um, and then. I, I will say PlayStation's user interface is atrocious. I it's just it's so cumbersome um, and behind where Microsoft is and where Microsoft is coming on. Um, and the other thing is too, from at least now that you know Xbox One X has been out for quite some time and there's more and more 4K titles being pushed out. Every time that I either play a game on one of the two consoles between Xbox One X or PS4 Pro, you uh, to me and all the the reviews that I see, uh, you get a little bit better frame rate and a little bit more 4K, true 4K quality on the on the Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're a little behind there, but overall, it's a good good console, and they do have some some good exclusives that you know are are key to them. Well, I think the couple things that you've those are all good points. I think a couple things that need to be added to this conversation. Um, one is that PlayStation's big kicker is they uh, have a lot of titles that are just made for PlayStation. 
So Microsoft's tried jumping in on a couple. Halo's their like big claim to fame, but um, you know, it's PlayStation's got a lot of games. I remember Gran Turismo was the big one for me, and you had to go back to PlayStation or play it. Microsoft's come along with Forza, but Forza's even though it's being simulation, it still feels a lot more arcade than, than Gran Turismo did. Um, I think another big piece is they're both kind of attempting to go toward the, um, the gamer pass, we'll call it. You know, you pay a subscription on top of your, your normal annual subscription and you're getting access to games, which Microsoft has really done a great job with. Uh, but Microsoft is also going backwards game compatibility because they're saying that we understand that we built these games, uh, retro games, and they had a lot of play with the Star Wars franchise for a long time. And they've basically made it so you can go back, whether you digitally download or go back to your old disc and throw them onto your new console and be able to play. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, with I these two, a big one. Yeah, with these two, no matter what you buy, it's certainly going to be one of the most popular options out there, and there's going to be plenty of people to play with and plenty of games. So these are kind of like king of the hill, I would say. Um, Moving on to the next one, though, if you look over to Japan, getting that Nintendo system, we have the Wii, the Switch. It's kind of, I wouldn't even call it 1B. I call it like level 2 or level 3 down. What are your thoughts with Nintendo? Um, I think Nintendo, go ahead, <laughs> I think I'm the one who's probably played more Nintendo with having uh, uh, younger family members that gather around that. So Nintendo has definitely been the more family friendly, lots of multiplayer games between a Mario Party or sports games, the Wii Sports. Uh, you know, they've they've made it so you can have a younger generation. Uh, so it definitely has its place in there. I don't think that they've ever tried to come up to the level where uh, Microsoft and Sony have gone after 4K and the high uh, rate frame speed and all those types of things. They're, you know, they're really just, they kind of know their role from where they're at. So, you know, I think that they definitely have their niche and that they stick to it. Uh, and they do a good job with it, to be honest. But you're not looking for the latest, greatest. They're niche so, you know, after console, they went to the handheld, you know, go to the switch, which is you can switch between the TV and handheld uh, with the dock system. So it's I don't want to call it gimmicky because it's not they they find a, a weird niche. They stick to it and they make it work. But I think between being family friendly, um, you know, if you're willing to backdrop into being able to play games that don't have all that extra pizzazz to them but you're willing to just kind of play for fun uh like mario party or mario kart which was one of the original racing games really put in there um and lastly they do a great job with retro games so even on the switch you can go on to and maybe even the wii you can go on to the nintendo store and buy games that you played on nintendo super nintendo they even have the subscription service now uh, you can go back to really old games, volleyball, baseball, football that were off the original Nintendo release. So I don't, you know, they don't, I don't know that I'd put them two to three steps back. I'd say that they're niched and they're okay with it. The weird thing is, is that if you, if, if I had to pick right now between like a Nintendo Wii or like a Nintendo classic, honestly, I would probably go with the classic uh, and the the two buttons and the uh, <laughs> diet, you know up down left right uh, directional pad. 
and a gun know, for like, duck hunt. Yeah, well, that's true. You didn't. You, you got to have a, a duck hunt game. I don't know. It's like I agree though. I think as long as Nintendo sticks to their their niche um, and and don't try to be more than than what they are capable of doing. You know, PlayStation got into the handhelds with what was it the uh, the PSP and the, the Vita, the Vita. Yeah, and it. You know, I mean, although they were around for quite some time, you know, it was they pretty much stopped supporting it long before they actually finally took it off the shelves and stopped making it. So it was it was of kind were, of ahead of its time. Then all of a sudden, it dropped it back because you could get yeah, on and it, watch movies on that handheld device. Chris had mm-hmm. one. Our producer he had did. one. I he used did. to borrow well, one of them all things, the time. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things too is that at least in the end, uh, um, you could like essentially play do remote play so you know you could play yeah. mlb the show on it as long as you had an internet connection and it would link back to your playstation game which um you know if you're a commuter especially if you're you know a commuter that doesn't uh you know drive like if you're on a train or something like that public transportation something like that if you're a gamer is pretty cool to think about um if you can get a wireless signal use a hotspot or whatever but yeah, I mean the the Wii. I think as long as they stick to family friendly, and and I haven't played the Switch yet, but you know I, I know that, you know obviously I'm very familiar with the concept of it. I think their focus is family friendly games and interactive group games that allow you to have multiple players. That's not something that I mean it's very it's pretty rare that someone plays PlayStation or Xbox nowadays with someone sitting physically right beside them. Right. Um and most games are aren't generated towards that or if they are they're on some god awful split screen um <laughs> which we all remember playing like James Bond back in the mm. day where you had like four people on a screen that was like 20, 20 inches big and everybody got a tiny little box and <laughs> everybody's but, yeah. shoving each other to yep. look on their screen. <laughs> Move in. And a little bit, a little bit of cheating. Like, all right, where is he, where is he going? Where's the he map? But yeah, I think as long as they, as long as they stick to what their their focus is. I mean, yeah. the the games themselves, like the few attempts that I've seen where they've actually tried to get into, like actual games that are other on other consoles. Like for instance, um, you know, like they had a, a Formula One game a few years back, and man, it was like. It was like Formula One meets Mario Kart, and it was just freaking awful. <laughs> it was just, it was embarrassing how terrible it was. The graphics were terrible. The interface, just the whole driving experience, it was just rough. So, even though you could you could like buy the little handheld wheel to stick your controller mm-hmm. into and stuff like that, um, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they definitely have their specific market that they're you know focusing on and. No, it's not meant to be the same graphics and high processing and some of the games for PlayStation and Xbox. It's it's definitely is that family friendly. Everybody gather around, play Mario Kart or some other games as a group. And we'll say the one big benefit of the Wii is probably it's better for your health. You're up moving just a little bit instead of maybe sitting on the couch. I don't know. But well, you can going, do the Wii Sports and do some bowling. They have yeah. the Wii Fitness. Yeah, you have so that you little can, pad. You could you could do yeah. push-ups on. You could even stuff. you could even do work up a little <laughs> sweat doing that. So I guess that's a bit, good benefit, a little health-wise there. Uh, but let's jump back to one of the two big ones over to the uh, the competitor for Sony PlayStation, the Microsoft Xbox. Pros and cons, guys. Ooh. So. I was a PlayStation guy through PS2 and then finally made the switch with the Xbox 360 because pretty much everybody I knew, with the exception of David, unfortunately, <laughs> um, was going Xbox. So I hopped on the train 
And, uh, you know, although I did buy uh, a PlayStation for a particular game, which we'll talk about a little bit, I've been an Xbox guy ever since. Um, so, you know, the Xbox One X, that thing is a powerhouse, uh, 4K video games, which I'm finally starting to get a new round of as, you know, as the 2019 games roll out, or finally get some, like, true 4K games. They look absolutely stunning on there. The sound is incredible. Just the these minute details that just the game pops. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think they've got a better, uh, more logically designed user interface. I think the controller, to me, although I tend to go through Xbox controllers more frequently than not for whatever reason, uh, I, I seem to kill a lot of... Uh, <laughs> A lot of triggers and a, and a lot of how many uh, of those things have sticks. you thrown at the wall when you hit the wall, man? Jeez. I, surprisingly, I you know I haven't done that in years, but uh, I, I have thrown a controller or two in my lifetime. But uh, that hasn't thankfully happened to happen in many years. But I don't know, man. I, I think it's because I play a lot of racing games. You know, without knowing it, you tend to like be very aggressive on the yeah. sticks and on the triggers when you're playing those games because you're like trying to like like it's almost Target like you just push. a little harder harder you might be able yeah. to that corner and hit that apex you know so yeah i tend to go through those a lot but john do you still have your incredible man you still have your xbox pro controller um no i broke that thing oh, i was gonna say <laughs> give it to me before you break it never mind <laughs> it, it, the controller itself didn't break but the uh the whole back uh, grip started falling mm. off and i basically uh tried like gluing them on for a while and then i finally just gave up and went to, and that thing was like 160 dollars to buy it outright by itself and i was like no nah, i'm not doing that it was yeah. nice so you could adjust the triggers on it. it was really great for like switching from an, a racing game over to call of duty you could do like a really fast triggering but um yeah like i said earlier remote play is coming soon so I'll be able to play some you know call of duty on my ipad man i'm freaking stoked about that Woo! it may my gaming may increase even more but oh, i will boy. say from a con standpoint even the xbox one x man that thing runs so freaking hot so my ps4 i can like keep it in a cabinet and it'll run mm-hmm. buttery smooth my xbox even even it's though it's got quote unquote liquid cooling and all this stuff even with like the cabinets all the way yeah. open that thing is boiling hot so it's that crazy need some space to get some air going through yeah for sure um I think pros and cons with it. I, I agree with John. I think they have the better controller set up. The, the layout is better. I do like that you can go on to Microsoft's website and actually create a controller for yourself. Uh, yeah, you know, cool. Colors, uh, yeah. put your gamer title in it. You know, gimmicky, yeah. but it's it makes it personal, and that's what you're aiming to do. It does. And there are third-party websites that do that for pretty much any controller now. True. Um, but you can't. You can get like NFL yeah. license. Like I can get, you can get you mm, a Chicago okay. Bears one or a Panthers one. You know, there's like yeah, they're a little, they're expensive. But if you got to get a new controller and you're like, hey, I don't mind spending an extra ten bucks and I get personalized over a normal controller. You I know, it's like a that. nice touch, especially if you got people multiple in your household that play. It's nice sure. to have your own dedicated yep. controller. Uh, I think another big one that they're moving toward that's going to be big for the future is the ability to. Um, you know, cloud-based, as you said, be able to play those games in different areas, but also they were the first ones opening the door to PlayStation, Nintendo saying, we'll cross-platform. It's a gaming community. We have our own titles and stuff, but we're willing to cross-platform. Whether that was they don't have the same amount of like original game titles that PlayStation has or whatever their logic was, it was a great step. And, you know, PlayStation fought that for a long time. 
Uh, I know if you play um, Rocket League, you can generally see what other consoles are, are coming across. I know Fortnite was like the first one that PlayStation really said, all right, fine, we'll, we'll open the doors. But uh, Xbox did a great job with that. But I don't know that Microsoft, they, they've said that they're doing one more console after this, and then they're, they're moving on. Yeah, supposedly later this year, both Microsoft and Sony are releasing their fifth variation of the PlayStation and Xbox. And then supposedly it's going to be more cloud-based. So we'll see what's in these. And there's been a lot of rumors of what could be in these and what may be left out. It's fun to keep up. Yeah, with. I mean, they're talking about them being 100% diskless, 100, yeah. you know, true cloud, which we were talking the other day and joking. If uh, if that's the case, they're going to have to put in some much bigger mm-hmm. hard drives in these things because, you know, back when I got my uh, 1X, I mean, I was like, oh, a terabyte, that should last me a little while, right? <laughs> nah. Yeah, it's <laughs> like when you, when you got 60 to 70 gigs for some of these games <laughs> per game, it's like, yeah, that doesn't take a long to fill up. <laughs> little is a key word there. It did last a little while. <laughs> Yeah, I remember sure. the original Xbox. I had guys that were like loading MP3s onto their mm-hmm. system so that they could listen to what music they wanted to while playing. It didn't yeah. matter what you threw on that thing. That thing never ran out of space. It was like a monster. That's because the games three gigs. So. Well, no it, graphics. but you so. didn't download any of them to your to your console. It was all just game save data. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because yeah, now even if you buy a disc, they still make you download the entire yeah. game via your disc. So, but um, yeah, I mean, the future's bright. I'm, I'm looking. You know, it'll probably be a few years, I'm sure, before I upgrade. But I, you know, I, you look how long these last couple of consoles have lasted. I think we've got, you know, quite a bit of years of future Certainly. gaining ahead of us on a Microsoft console before yeah. they decide to give it up and. Yeah, they make a ton of money off this stuff. I don't know why they give it up personally. It's 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 easy to do, and as as technology gets smaller and cheaper, uh, you know, I don't see any reason why they would stop. To be honest with you, I think so. the biggest point here to make is something you both said, which is you're going to play with where your friends are. So if most of your friends are playing on such console mm-hmm. or that console, that's why they're all going that's to cloud based. You know, at some point it's going to come down to that and what. What games can you cross-platform on? Yeah, for sure. Let's go ahead and uh, quickly run over the last option on the list. So we've talked about actual devices specifically made for gaming. Platform. There's also gaming computers. Um, so, you know, you got your regular computer for work. You got a computer, you surf the internet. But we have specific gaming computers, you know, with high-speed graphics and video cards. Let's quickly go over some pros and cons of those. I think Matt and I are the only ones that have been into... PC gaming. I know you built your own, and I was an Alienware guy. I went the, the easier route and bought one. But, uh, yours more expensive. It. <laughs> oh yeah, that thing was stupid expensive. But no, I mean from from a pro standpoint, you obviously have significantly better performance if you're willing yeah. to pay for it than any console out there. You know, still the save, and you know, I've been watching a lot of comparison videos between on F1 2019 on PC versus. Uh, even the Xbox One X, and even though the One X looks stunning, the nothing even touches that console. That's um, the console is is makes you do a double take on is that a game or is that real life? Uh, or excuse me, the, the the computer does, the PC does. The console is close to that, but uh, it's just another level. Well, it's limited because you can't update a console. I mean, you yeah. you could, right. but. It's a lot You're going to have to break into it and do a lot more than you want to compared to a PC where it has an extra slot. And you just throw something in there, have extra power. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, for me, the big. But I think that's like one of the disadvantages, though, is because you got to like, you know, I can't tell you how many times over the years, you know, I've uh, my oldest brother is a programmer, so I've been around computers since virtually they exist, you know, (laughs) since the the home PC was around, and I, you know, so I can't tell you how many times that I bought games growing up, and it would like barely run on my machine and I had to turn, go in there and turn basically all the graphics all the way down. I had like the old NASCAR games and I'd be like, all right, texture graphics, low (laughs) detail though, turn off the crowd, no stands. You just like running around in space basically because you couldn't have any background. So that's a disadvantage at the same time, unless you're willing to pay for it. And certain games were built or, you know, specific graphic cards or operating systems. So there's that too. And, you know, you got to switch things up or change some settings for it to fit a specific game in there. But, well, I think a big think. pro too is uh, for people that want to fully game, it's your architecture is completely open. Origin yeah. that has a lot of the EA build out and those and a lot of games to it. You know, same as the Xbox, you can pay for their pass, go on and play just about any game you want, or get super big discounts on uh, the newer games that are coming out. Um, at the same time, when you look at the connection rate and play, these guys get high reaction time, uh, mouse and keyboard. Um, they can plug into a shooter and be able to really move through the keys. Like I, I have a constant uh, discussion with a friend of mine. Um, shout out to I am Aver if you're ever looking at Twitch. Uh, he and I have constant discussions around console versus PC. Um, because he could, with the mouse, he can make a quicker headshot, uh, whereas I would have to draw the stick of the controller across the head, and I'm going to have a more consistent delivery on a headshot because the game is set to help you make those connections because you're using a stick, not a mouse. Because you're not making a direct point where you could just pick up the mouse and drop it somewhere right there. You have to use a stick that you turn the sensitivity up or down on. So... You know, I think that's something to be said about pro gamers too that want those fast type reactions. But the vast amount of games, uh, the ability to really upgrade your system, you know, that's a plus and minus in itself. Um, and also the the reaction time on being able to set up a system the way you want it for controls is a big plus. I think there's also more. There's more games available to to PC, so you got to get all the console games. But then there's a lot of like, you know, uh, what's the the word I'm looking for? Like uh, sim type games and mm-hmm. things like that. And some of them have been, have been ported over the console, and uh, you know, I've played some of them, and they're challenging to say <laughs> the least to play with a controller compared to their their PC uh, brother, but. Yeah, I mean, you get everything that the console has plus more, and now they're starting. You know, they're integrated well with Microsoft, so you can use a, a controller if you want to. Um, you can. You know, they're more cloud-based. You can connect and play with guys that are on PCs now. Gives you a little bit more option. Obviously, one of the biggest disadvantages is you can't as easily uh, lay on the couch with your feet up and game. Uh, <laughs> You kind of need to have more of a true dedicated space. Yeah, I was about to, to say that. You know, have a spot for, you know, a, 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 a flight and a yaw stick for flight games or, um, you know, steering wheels or whatever the case may be. You need more of a dedicated space for that. But Well, I think that might be a great point too, right? Because right. um, 
you know, you can find steering wheels and flight sticks that uh, can connect to your console, but generally they're made for the, the PC gamer. So if you're a big flight guy and want to go into a flight simulator, you can buy all those things for the computer, but trying to get them connected over to your Xbox can be a much harder point. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And it's funny because, like, the last uh, wheel system that I bought uh, for PC, it was actually compatible with my PlayStation, but would not work on my Xbox, even though I'm like, it runs on a Microsoft system. But, you know, so... Yeah, that's that's one of those things you face. Is just these weird things with PC. You got to really know your stuff. Yeah. So with these, I mean, it's definitely comes down to preference. What you want to play, what you're comfortable with, what your friends have, and you want to be social and play with them, or also how much money you want to spend. I mean, you could totally get really deep into this. Uh, so as we looked at the consoles, before we move on to the games you can play on those, we're going to take a quick break just to thank our sponsors, and we'll be back with you in just a moment. Right, and welcome back to episode 30 of the Sports Talk Garage podcast. We've been talking about sport and video games. We just covered all the consoles, or at least the big consoles that people utilize. So now we're going to kind of transition over to the games you can play on those consoles. So we're going to take a look at six different sports, kind of the main sports here in the United States, and look at some games that, uh, that are some of our favorites that we like to play. So we're going to start with baseball. What are some one or two of the biggest baseball games that you like to play, whether it's nostalgia, great graphics, great gameplay, et cetera? Matt, I'll I let didn't you go have... ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have a lot of the newer systems with with baseball because I you know, I don't mind going to games and I like talking about what's going on right now, but I, I kinda lost interest after I stopped playing through uh elementary. Um I had the original baseball game for the Game Boy, and I, you know, it was basically Mario versus Luigi, and yes, <laughs> all of them were either Mario or all of them were Luigi, and uh, you know, you they tried to make all the different stats and stuff, and you had, uh, you know, who had the higher RBI or uh, better pitching status or whatever it may be, you know, they they played out pretty evenly that way, the way they were mm-hmm. supposed to, but you know, it's just old school graphics, black and white, yep. and not much to it but it was fun it definitely gave you something to do while you're on the car ride or Amen. whatever you needed it for um actually david and i became friends over a <laughs> game boy if i remember back in the day sure did <laughs> um the other one that kind of came to mind was uh super baseball 2020 which i believe was for the nes it was color um there was a game that came before i think called battle baseball which you were like robots now you're androids and you could basically get into fights out on the field like uh throwing a burner fastball over to first base to get the guy out and they'd like get in a fight and tackle so instead of playing pickle you you could get in a fight with the other player (laughs) so it was just kind of fun and and dumb all at once but you know I think there's a lot of good newer games. I don't know if either of you guys came up with those. I'll, I'll let you do that. If not, I'll fill in. Um, so I mentioned earlier that I bought a PlayStation for one game. <laughs> and uh, so we're on that sport. MLB the show, man. That's, uh, you know, I played probably all the major baseball games growing up on you know PlayStation, things like that. I think there was like EA MVP baseball or whatever it was back in the day. 
And uh, baseball is one of those games where, like, I don't feel necessarily the urge to buy a new version every year. <laughs> um, but, like, MLB The Show, now that they're exclusive on PlayStation, like, a baseball game is just something that a, a while back I just had, like, a, a true itch for. I'm like, man, I, I haven't played, like, a really quality baseball game in a long time. And obviously, MLB is the show is basically if you want real legit baseball, that's the only thing you can get nowadays. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, looking for some deals on I don't know Black <laughs> Friday or whatever. I'm gonna find me a PlayStation Four, and uh, you know, found a <laughs> found a good deal on it. Hopped in there, and uh, you know, it, it came with a game which uh, I think I briefly played for a hot second, but. Pretty much, I owned uh, like two or three PlayStation games. One being like Gran Turismo. And uh, MLB, the show, is like, if I'm playing PlayStation, it's probably a 95% chance it's going to be that. MLB. So, yeah. The, the the mechanics of that game are just, they're they're so freaking good now. The graphics, obviously, are pretty good, although not not great. They're good. But just the, the gameplay itself and mechanics of it are phenomenal. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed playing that one. One that I really loved was called The Bigs, if you remember that. It was back in oh, gosh, yeah. 2007, kind of on like the PlayStation 2, Xbox, original Xbox era. So it was kind of what I would consider like the NFL Blitz for baseball. It had these gigantic mammoths of athletes that you would play with. Bats that became, you know, big fire sticks. Crazy fastballs of like 120, 130 miles an hour. And these hard plate collisions. You know, you just wouldn't slide into home plate. Like, you'd have a collision. So it became like a contact sport, like football, and it was a lot of fun to play and it wasn't the most realistic gameplay in a sense. It was more simulation, but it was a lot of fun. And then King Griffey Jr. Back in 94 on the super oh my NES. Goodness. Oh yeah. Going, going way one. back. I think that was a very popular game, especially when we were younger that probably we all owned, or at least knew somebody who owned one could go to their house and play. I mean, for the time it had good graphics and it had an MLB licensing. So I know the real teams, real stadiums, real players. So that was a lot of fun looking back and kind of remembering that King Griffey Jr. was a lot of fun to play. Well, fun fact for you, just while we're talking about baseball and uh, uh, video games and such, Nintendo owned the Mariners for years, and they were trying to get their break-in. I don't know if they still do or not. I haven't looked that up. But they were trying to get their break-in uh, to the uh, American market through baseball games by owning that. I did, did not, not know, know that. that. Yeah, good, cool, right? Good tidbit tonight. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Well, as we move off the diamond, we're going to go onto the hardwood and look at some basketball games. John, what's a, a favorite basketball game of yours? Um, so as you guys, if any of you that have listened to the the um, podcast, I'm not a huge, huge basketball <laughs> guy on the, especially not on the pro side. Um, I, I don't remember what year it was, but back when you could actually get uh, college basketball um, video games, that was always a, a favorite of mine. Um, but, I mean, I'll, I'll go with the easy run. Like, I, I really enjoyed uh, NBA 2K 2018. Um, for whatever reason, um, I don't remember. It's There's just been some stuff on, like, on EA side of things. I'm not happy with their – user interface i'm not happy with the gameplay and just the dynamics of the game i think 2k does a much better job on the side of uh when it comes to basketball their graphics are phenomenal you know the, the sweat and like seeing the, the individual holes in the jerseys uh and, and things like that so i'll go easy and, and go um nba 2k 2018 
there was a basketball game I could not find what I think it was on like Nintendo or something like that. It was you had like two teams, you either picked one of the two teams and it was so archaic, but I, I spent probably <laughs> hundreds of hours as a kid. Double dribble. Game, so maybe that was it, maybe. I still I look have this that. up while you guys are talking. <laughs> Do you really? Oh man, I'm gonna be yeah. oh, come man. on over. We'll go play. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it was actually double dribble back cool. in the day. I don't remember what year that was. That gosh, that was back in ninety, probably, probably late nineties. No, oh, early nineties. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The well, original was, was was came out in nineteen eighty six. Oh. So obviously I did not play it when it came out. <laughs> I was pretty much not around. But uh, yeah, I I remember playing Nintendo. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, you're either the the knockoff Bulls or the knockoff Lakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, red versus yellow or something uh. like that. <laughs> now, what about you? Oh gosh, um, I kind of went back to a couple older titles, and I think we could do based on basketball and football we could probably if we wanted to get deep into this go into 2k versus ea because i feel like ea's gotten lazy on their games quite a bit so i'm going to throw out an ea title that was i thought probably the pinnacle of when they were running their basketball games and that was nba live 2005 because that was the year they came out with the dunk contest so nice. when they got to the end of just, you know, picking up players and, you know, you could start doing your own seasons and be the GM and stuff, okay. But the dunk contest really set them apart in what they could do. Because I remember being able to – I would have contests with my roommates in college and just aging myself a little bit. But, you know, we'd work on it for like a couple hours and we'd all come together and, you know, throw down on who had the best one, whether it was, you know, 360 windmills, the toss-up, uh the honey dip whatever you want it was all uh, that's where i learned the names of half the dunks but i mean that was back when the the dunk contest was just at its hype and they did a great job with it in my opinion um another title i came up with was old school back to the snes i spent hours and hours even with my brother-in-law on nba gm tournament edition yes so you know he's on fire from oh, downtown, yeah. I mean, yes. the announcer Boom, made the game. That's right. <laughs> um, but you also had the coding system. You could you could play as the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Jazzy Jeff. You could play as, uh, gosh, all these other, like, amazing either older athletes or um, off the wall. I can't remember all of you. I used to – I downloaded – I'm sorry. No, I found a website, and I remember printing off all the controls you had to do for being on fire, for the ultimate push, turbo all the time. Well, it was like a special 20, team. it was like a 20 button sequence that you had to do mm-hmm. to like unlock those stupid things too. No, it was, uh, do you remember they used to have the, the three, uh, the three symbols in the middle of the screen. You had to put them in a certain order and then hit a button. It was oh, after yeah. like the 20 sequence. They, they kind of changed up the game a little bit, but those are probably the two I, I thought of most when I went through basketball. Yeah, those yeah, are some ones. I'm definitely with you on NBA Jam. That's one of mine back in 93 when it was first released. And it's been on pretty much every system you can imagine for like NES, Sega Genesis, Game Gear, PlayStation, Xbox. I mean, it's been around and it just has straight two on two basketball, all dunks. There's no fouls. You know, these 
guys jumping three times their height for this crazy windmill dunk. And when you got, you know, three baskets in a row, he became on fire and, you know, the announcers were great with it. And then you get that unlimited turbo, which is awesome. So who doesn't love NBA Jam, especially if you're roughly our age or maybe even a little bit older and got to enjoy it. But then I probably owned every EA Sports NBA Live game from, I don't know when it first came out, like 98 (laughs) through 2005 or so. And just play those, and I still have them probably somewhere in a closet, my parents' house, sitting there just waiting. But what are you talking about? I got you two of them, like, what was it 95 and 96 for the PlayStation last year for your birthday? And they're <laughs> they're in there somewhere, so I got to dig those out. But yeah, the and I probably spent too many hours as a kid playing through those. So let's move off of the hardwood onto the gridiron, and there might be one on here that I think we would all agree on, but. We'll start with you, Matt. What's one of your favorite uh, football video games of all Do time? Do I get one or two? You get two. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw out some of the older ones again. Uh, original Nintendo, Tecmo Bowl. Yep. Kind of starting yep. out the, the main craze. Because back then, I mean, they didn't have really the names on the roster necessarily. And, you know, if you no. pick the right defense, they were stopped. If you pick the right offense, <laughs> you scored every time. Yep. Um, but when you're playing with some of the originals, uh, you know, Herschel Walker, Dan Marino, Lorenzo Hampton, uh, Bo Jackson, um, or really I thought one of the – because Bo was always hard to stop on the run, but when you got to San Francisco with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, you know, game over. It's it's done. Pretty much. Um, so I think Tecmo Bowl was, was a big one. Actually, I didn't even get introduced to that until – high school by a friend of mine who had older brothers and same kind of situation John's in. They, they were tech guys and they took me in. We started playing. Um, my other one was NFL blitz. So full arcade style going back to, I want to say the N64 um, or at least PlayStation. And, you know, you get to run around as actual players. They had the titles from the NFL team, the team logos, the team guys uh, that, that were actually on the roster at the time. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, it, it didn't matter. There were no rules other than you had to get to a, like 40 yards for a first down and, you know, touchdowns. You could get a free extra point, which NFL, I think you could just go ahead and settle for free extra points at this point. Um, minus double doink for John. And uh, my favorite thing was to run around with my guy. And as somebody would throw the ball to that receiver, I'd dive and tackle the guy and there's no pass interference. That was, that was really good. I'm going to let you guys answer. And then I've got an honorable mention to come back to. All right, John. Um, Yeah. And he stole two of mine. So (laughs) (laughs) techno ball was fun. Like I'm, they didn't have like career mode or stuff like that back in the day. So I would, I remember as a kid having like my own tournaments. So I would like on, on a piece of paper, I would like <laughs> make my own divisions and stuff. And I like, I knew who I had to play and I kept track of like my own standings basically to like, see if I could go on and, and win the championship. But yeah, I remember like the, uh, when you score a touchdown, they did have like those like very, very archaic, like cut scenes of like celebrations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a classic. Um, I had a blitz on there. That was a big one. But I'm going to go to the last 2K football game before they lost the rights. Oh, uh, gosh. Exclusively to EA. 
I'm going back to ESPN NFL 2K5. Um, wow. Was to me like one of the best, like legit football games. A game it was so much fun to play. It didn't have at, quite as good of graphics as Madden did back at the time, but you could pick up the game for like 19 bucks versus Madden, which was like 50 bucks at the time. And it was just to me, it was so much more, you know, just more enjoyable to play. There was so many less glitches and crashes and weird stuff, which. Still to this day, EA is known for, especially on the Madden side of things. So, yeah, I'll go go NFL 2K5. I think EA is still catching up to the run game uh, build-out that 2K had. The ability to actually run the ball, do some shifts and jukes, and and make it realistic. It's always that little delay when you're trying to juke. Yeah, I feel like that's a very weak spot of Madden is, like... They either make a game where that's where you can run constantly and just run over people, or they make it so virtually you can't run at all. And you know you've got some of the best running backs in the league, and they're getting like a yard a carry or getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage, just frustrating as, as hell. So you end up just throwing the ball ninety percent of the time, and it's not realistic. So yeah, two K was was like pretty incredible back in the day, and they did it for a very affordable rate too. So that was a nice touch, oh, gosh, especially yeah. back in college and stuff like that. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, one thing with Madden, I mean, they don't really have much incentive to improve that because, I mean, people are going to buy it every year no matter what. They're going to make who knows how many millions of dollars off of it. So it's yeah. going to take something to actually make them improve the game where people are like, well, okay, I may not buy it for some reason. Update the rosters, but, throw in some ultimate team. Now you can sell yeah. the dollars to be able to buy yep. the players you want, gimmicky as it can be, and they can live but on that, that for the next couple it of years. Works. So, well, I too had Tecmo Bowl and NFL Blitz. So, really? All, yeah. Yeah. It's oh right. Gosh. Right there. So, I feel bad for starting then. But that's all right. Hey, <laughs> we all had it. So, okay. I'm just going to throw out Madden then since no one else actually said oh, Madden. Don't so, do it. you know what? It's pop- I'm doing it because of this. Everybody has it. So, whenever you go over to a friend's house, you know you can always play it. That's why it's very social of a game. So, Matt, go ahead and uh, throw out your honorable mention for this category. Okay, so honorable mention, NCAA 2014. Mm. Uh, the last year that you could buy NCAA title. Uh, so because of where we stand right now with how do you pay players, uh, mm-hmm. the players' names weren't on there, but they're, you know, they always voted for one player to be on the cover. Like, I still have uh, 2011 for the Xbox 360, which had Tebow on it. Um, after his national championship run. So 14 being the last year you could do that. Now we're in contention and controversy around getting paid for their likenesses and then the use of their yeah. names since they can as college. But the honorable mention part is that in that, that one game alone, if you go online and take a look for it, people are asking for about, uh, you know, at the top $200 for that game. Because it's the last one. No signatures on it. No, just just it's in perfect condition in the box and supply and demand. Yep. For sure. We could probably talk about Madden for a whole other episode on pros and cons, which maybe we will. Maybe we'll maybe around football season we'll do a Madden exclusive, but uh yeah. Well let's move off the gridiron and go over to the ice. Uh, let's get some hockey games going. What do you guys think about a favorite hockey game or two? Uh, John, you're kind of our, our hockey yeah. guy. Yeah. The resident again, hockey expert. Hockey, again, is another one of those games that I don't, like, necessarily update every year, um, like some of the other ones I do. But 
I think that as much as I absolutely despise EA Sports on a lot of their games, like especially Madden, which I can't stand modern Madden games and just the glitchiness of it. Um, hockey is one of the two categories that EA Sports actually does a phenomenal job at. So their game mechanics, their um, you know passing, shooting type juking mechanics are actually pretty spot on. I think their fighting could be a little bit better, but it is nice that they still include fighting in this, uh, you know, politically we live in. It's nice <laughs> you can still beat someone up on a video game in the ice. Um, but the, I would say I'll go back to so they're all good for really, but uh, I'll go back to NHL 2016 because uh, that's the year after uh, my Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, and they have Jonathan Taves, uh, captain of the Blackhawks, actually holding the cup on the cover of that game. So uh, that, to me, it's uh, it's I always think about that picture every time I think about a hockey game. Um, so it has a little bit more sentimental value. Right, I, don't, I guess you're playing regular seasons because all I play is uh, threes on Chell. <laughs> yeah, if I do it, no like I I play. <laughs> Full on like <laughs> simulation, you know, eighty-two games. Like I, I get crazy with it, but uh, yeah, Pulling that's actually there. one of the things I I dislike about some of the new modern sports games is that they're starting to take away the ability to do shortened seasons um, on some of their game modes, which is a little bit frustrating because I don't necessarily want to play eighty-something games per season. I like to be able to get through the off season and change my roster up a little bit more frequently, mm-hmm. but that's a different point. Okay. Uh, I will say probably my original playing with that was when I had the Super Nintendo with NHL 94. Um, I've actually found mentions of that in different 94 was and, great. Well, that was my favorite thing was I, I couldn't figure out how to do it once in a while. You'd shoot a wild puck and it would go through the glass. Yep. And it would just, yep. you just hear the thing stop, and you look on the screen and, and glasses on the ice, you know? Um, but I feel like it was the first time that they really kind of got everything right, uh, if that makes sense. It, everything kind of yeah. was there. All the players were there. The mechanics were good. Uh, you know, you, you had the, I think the turbo button was one of the, the bumpers at the top of the controller, which was new for Super Nintendo. So it was just kind of a cool build out. Uh, my other mention would be NHL 2K7. Okay. So going back to the 2K series when they were cheaper and beating out EA, in my opinion, um, after their creation, 2K never really got to improve on their success. So I think 2K7 is kind of like the top of their game. But, the, you know, the graphics, like John said, you could start seeing holes in jerseys and uh, little details, and they, they just did a great job with it. Yeah, for me, was I actually haven't played. Oh, sorry. Was it back in like the mid '90s where you could also play like international teams too? Uh, so like on the NA, like the EA games, I feel like it was one of those you could play. Like uh, I think it was late style. '90s. Yeah, something like that. And that was kind of cool. Is you could hop in there and you know it'd be like Olympic time. You could hop in there and start playing USA versus Russia and things like that. So <laughs> that was always fun as a kid. Uh, gets a miracle going. So for me, I have one that really stands out. Uh, so I actually had a roommate in college for one year. Uh, he was from the Northeast, so he was a big hockey guy. He owned an NES, and he probably had like, I don't know, 
80, 100 games with him. That's all he did. He played video games. He probably failed out because he never went to class. But he had Blades of Steel. And we oh would sit gosh. there and we would play Blades of Steel for felt like hours at night after I get back from class. And he was probably there all day. But it was fun. We played it over and over, fast-paced, tons of, like, way more fighting than this is actually realistic in a game, a true <laughs> game. But it was a lot of fun to play. And, yeah, so Blades of Steel going way back. I mean, wow. it was a lot of fun, definitely arcade style. Nice. So let's go out of the ice onto the track. I think this will be a popular one. This one can apparently have the most yeah. variations of games you're thinking of. It could be... <laughs> True racing, it can be street racing, so there's a lot of options here. So, all right, you have to start with John because he's the racing we, aficionado. Actually, we're gonna make him wait. Just no, I'm kidding. Go ahead, John. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, was your thoughts on some of this? I mean, there, there's so many ones like Need for Speed and things like that out there. Like, I like the old school mm-hmm. ones where you could like customize your car and tinted Don't windows do it. and, Don't and do uh, it. <laughs> ground effects and like, yeah, those are always cool, but. I'll go into more of like serious racing since okay, you, know, you guys from the list of the show know I'm a diehard racing guy. <laughs> um, obviously, Gran Turismo is an easy one. They just continue to improve on it. They've been phenomenal since the, the mid, you know, what PlayStation Two days, something like that, and they were really good at then. Groundbreaking graphics and you know just just freaking fun games to play. But the two that I like. Um, one I just recently picked up the newest copy F1 2019 from Co-Masters that game is absolutely incredible um, you know the Co-Masters just continues to blow people you know graphic wise out of the water every single year there's, there's some things they can improve as far as in the career mode but they they brought in Formula 2 this year which is a big ad so that was that's a big one and then the other one I'm going to back to the PC so Chris and I, our producer Chris and I, played a lot of time on this one, but I racing. So, you know, on the PC, we're all having our gaming chairs and our steering wheels and everything else. And those are the that's I racing. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, is actually the game that a lot of pro professional drivers actually use uh, and hone in their skill in their skills. There's actually a couple of um, NASCAR drivers uh, currently in the, the Monster Cup series that got their start on iRacing and got notoriety. I was gonna say, isn't that the one that uh, Dale Jr. found he some kid Jr. on? Dale and... Jr. played, yeah. yeah, and he's on there all the time. So there's a lot of uh, – it's it's definitely the new new generation. So, you know, we talk about eSports and racing is getting more and more, but iRacing is incredible. It's uh, not for beginners. Uh, you, you really need to have a lot of skills – you can't go in there and turn on all the assists and get crazy <laughs> like that. You're racing against, you know, especially when you get past the beginner leagues in there, you're racing against guys that have actual skill um, and cars that drive like they do on track uh, without imaginary assists on. So, uh, it, yeah, if you're a racing guy, that's the one you got to have. But you need a full-blown rig and everything to do yeah. it. So, But it's, and whatever- it's worth it. Whatever you do, don't wreck the guy arcade style the first three times because you're out of the race. Oh, I yeah. did that to Chris. Yeah, bump a guy like Chris three me times off the rest they, of the night. They're done. <laughs> you get, and then you have a license system. So depending on how well you do and how poorly you drive and how <laughs> you know dangerous quote unquote you drive, you end up getting dings on your license. You'll get kicked out of series entirely and things like that. So. They take it very, very seriously. They actually have their own pro leagues that you can actually go online and watch full-blown, you know, 
200 mile races, 400 mile races for hours where these guys are actually, you know, logging in and and playing for, for hard cash and things like that. So that's where even sanctions and sponsors are on iRacing league, which is pretty cool. Yep. So it, it is funny since I saw that Matt said something there out of every game that's available for racing, iRacing is one that we all have without, you know, talking with each other beforehand or anything. So I thought it was pretty interesting. Well, Matt, mm-hmm. um, else you want to add to the iRacing chat? Well, I think iRacing gives you the most uh, simulation style, you know, especially with the license system and, and those kinds of things. Maybe we need to do an episode at some point on professional eSports. I think that'd be a good one for people to listen in on. Uh, so if you're interested in that, please let us know. We'd, we'd love to hear some topics from you. All right. Um, John alluded to it. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, Need for Speed Underground 2 was kind of the epitome of, uh, quote-unquote, yeah. pimp your ride. <laughs> yep. <laughs> As you should get out on the track. He, I was Big waiting for him to you. say it, so I'm glad he changed. Um, well, I, I knew you were going with that, so I, I didn't put that as one of mine because I, I just had a secret feeling like you were going to go with that direction. Well, that's that's something I I remember through college. I remember playing like bringing my nephews into that one that are younger, and uh, they still talk about it. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, so I did I did have Gran Turismo as I mentioned. I'm glad you said that because I do enjoy them a little bit more. At least originally, I enjoyed them more than I liked Forza. Um, you know, again, for more of the simulation on the console, but I'm going to throw out there a little bit of Mario Kart. Uh, you know, it is racing, but it's kind of that fun. I feel like I've done more arcadey type stuff. Maybe it's because we grew up in the arcade. Uh, but I had the original for the Super Nintendo and, you know, I've kind of played with whoever has them and, you know, the guys that do it now are just, they'll, they'll be in first place and you're in eighth and like 50 CC just because you're trying to keep up and they're way too much time into that game it's not just racing efficiently and knowing a couple shortcuts where you're kind of even based now it's (laughs) now it's a lot of skill into the game so i'll throw that one out there david did you have anything different well i I mean i was going to actually say need for speed as well i owned a couple of those games and they were no fun certainly you could spend hours customizing your car and going on races to get money just to customize your car again that may not even make it even faster but it'll look a little cooler so it's funny that you mentioned mario kart i wasn't going to say that but my niece and nephew are obsessed with that they have a nintendo switch and every time i'm over at their house they're like hey do you want to play this with us hey do you want to play this with us and they have like 20 games that's the only thing they want to play i don't know why they're obsessed with it but it's always mario kart so it's kind of i guess it's just it's more their level i mean they're six and four so they have fun with it but and they're actually pretty good which is scary at that age that they can make some of these turns and not fall off the track. Well, quick note, David yep. always was big on BMW, so there was one need for mm. speed game owner to his house. I feel like a jerk now. I went over to his house and he's like, Here, play my uh play my game. This is my BMW, it's really cool. We were in like junior high. So I go over there and I'm playing. I wrecked that thing into the wall just for kicks, like three ways from Sunday, and he had it on full simulation where he had to fix the car and like took all of his cash out. Mm. <laughs> all you had to do is reset the game, David. <laughs> He was mad at me for like oh, the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that sore note, let's leave racing. And <laughs> as the uh, Women's World Cup just finished in USA 1, congratulations to them. We're going to go to soccer. What are some top soccer games that each of you like? Uh, Matt, we'll start with you this time. I, you know, I think there's only one real name when you look at this, and that's FIFA. 
I don't know that there's a way that you step aside. It's it's a world-renowned sport, but it's mm-hmm. not really run by anybody else. And I think the last couple of years of EA uh, with their expansions and um, the gameplay, the control, the ability to really you know do the flick of the stick on the controller and do crazy moves, uh, I think that that's probably all I'm going to have to input on this one. I So I play, but I'm not the big aficionado. I think John's probably a stronger candidate for this category. Yeah, I play I play a lot of FIFA. It's one of the uh, – I guess it's not a racing game on um, Xbox. I play a lot of FIFA or soccer games. You kind of have pre- FIFA or uh, Pro Evolution Soccer, P- PES, and, uh, um, you know, they both have been actually pretty, pretty good games. Um but now, I think in 2019 of FIFA, you can actually finally play uh, the Champions League. So, um, I think that the, you know, having that in there, that's a huge thing in, in the world of, of professional soccer outside, you know, in Europe and, and Asia and things like that where soccer really, truly matters. So, I think when they finally got the rights to be able to officially add that into the game, that was a big deal, and um, you know I like like loading up my uh, my Tottenham Spurs and seeing them play in their new <laughs> stadium. So yeah, that's a good one for me. But I think EA could honestly live off FIFA. But they that's one of the, uh, the games where they, again they have competition and they actually put you know some serious cash into improving it every year versus <clears throat> Madden, Madden, where <laughs> they haven't done crap with it in a decade. Yeah. So anyways. And I think for me, I mean, FIFA is probably the only soccer game I've actually played on any console or any system. So I'm sticking with that. It's definitely the most popular, most famous, and it's fun. You can get lost in it for hours and not even realize you know, it's been two or three hours and got a couple games in. So, and it's nice that it's available, um, you know, PS, Xbox, PC, Switch. I mean, any system you have, you can go buy a FIFA game and play. So as we've covered six sports, uh, we're just going to drop that white flag as we're slowly winding down. And just one question for everybody. So we're going to throw it back a little bit. I want you to tell me your favorite console or handheld device and then all-time favorite game that's a non-sport game. Ooh. So John. I know there's a, a lot of options here, so try to narrow down just a little bit. I mean, console for me is Game Boy. That was the first thing that, like, we did a lot of – road tripping up to Chicago as a kid, <laughs> so it was nice to be able to actually have something to entertain me. There was like, I don't remember the, the name of the game, but it was a skateboarding game that I played back then. It was like something rash or something like that. I played a lot of that. Um, Skate yeah, or course, die or something. Yeah, one of those type games where, of course, you couldn't save anything, so every time you had to pick up from start from scratch and try to, to do it again. But my favorite non-sports game as a kid growing up and it was well above like ahead of its time was so calm navy seal um mm. so that was back in like early 2000s on i think ps2 and that one actually came with if you bought the enhanced version actually came with a headset that you could plug into your controller again well before its time <laughs> and you could and it was kind of like a ghost recon type like uh you know tom clancy type game where you're playing with like you know, it's a crew of Navy SEALs and you're infiltrating enemy bases with like three other computer AI players, but you could actually control them and tell them to strike and hold back or snipe somebody all via your voice. So to think back into the early 2000s, that was so far ahead of its game. And I played like 
stupid amounts of hours. I think I like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to bed, you know, and uh, then I'd like <laughs> turn the TV on and I'd, you know, be late to school the next day because I played till four o'clock in the morning, getting <laughs> stuck on a level. But that game was incredible and well ahead of its time. Yeah, Matt? Uh, I think favorite system was probably the Super Nintendo. I just remember spending all my time there. Uh, you know, the bumper system at the top is what we see without question by PlayStation and Xbox now. So, again, that was one of those things started by Nintendo to expand and plus into the four button system with a D pad. So, you know, I thought they were kind of ahead of their time on that one while still integrating it very well. Um, game wise, I think the game I probably spent the most time on or had the most interest in was uh, for the N64 Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, I would have to go borrow that system. Or if anybody remembers going to Blockbuster, you could go rent a system. I'd have to talk somebody into going in and putting their card down because I wasn't old enough, or driver's license because I wasn't old enough to do it and put the deposit on it. You know, and no, 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 they'll give you your money back. It's all good. They just, you know, they want the deposit. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought that was probably one of the best adventure <laughs> games. Uh, you know, good gameplay, easy easy to keep up with and, and lots of adventure to it. Side quest. Okay. Well, mine, I'm actually in the same boat as John for this one. The game first system I owned, I remember my parents made me save some of my allowance to put towards it. So I had to actually work, but I was so happy when I got that in, you know, kind of like John driving to Chicago, we drove to Ohio to see my grandparents. So it was perfect in the car, especially that little light you could buy to kind of slide on top since it was oh my gosh, not yeah. a color game. And I had so many games, and this is, again, at my parents' house. I need to go get it at some point, but I loved that Game Boy. I probably played that thing for hours and hours. So, favorite game? I actually was kind of not really thinking outside the box. I thought, Game Boy, what game did I love? And this is probably the most classic game you could think of, but Tetris. Wow. I love nice. playing Tetris. I, so, another one was Kirby's Dream Land, the original Kirby game, but I think Tetris is probably still fun just trying to figure out how to – Twist those blocks just in time, make it fit, and get a line to disappear. I have an honorable so, mention for my wife for yeah. uh, the What's original that? PlayStation of Crash Bandicoot. Okay, yeah, the, uh, it's like the one yeah. video game that I've ever seen her. Uh, you know, she and I have known each other since high school days, and it's the one video game I've ever seen her get really, really into. And we used to play that when we first started dating. It was pretty comical to uh, to see and to think back of that game and how like how it is compared to today's game. But yeah, that's an all time classic for a PlayStation. Wonderful. Awesome. We're going to drop that checkered flag as we kind of um, get to the final stretch of this. So final thoughts, guys, uh, what you got? Me? <laughs> uh, I'm ready to go upstairs and start playing some sports games now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Not a lot of, uh, I got a wedding coming up. Uh, this week I'm going to be at so you know just exciting stuff and football season coming up I'm I'm excited to get on the field and get teach these guys some life lessons so that's about it all right John uh not much got a, a German GP uh preview episode coming up for the Outlap F1 podcast we've got a special guest from New Zealand that's joining us this week who's uh part of a Formula E podcast so looking forward to, um, as we joke over there, that he's 17 hours in the future. So it's hard to think that uh, it's like 240 
p.m. in New Zealand right now uh, as we record on this Wednesday mm. night. But, uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. It's going to be a cool experience. Uh, it's something we haven't done before. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be up to Virginia uh, for a little day at the lake, so that'll be fun. So not sure if I'll get much sport time in or TV time to watch anything. Hopefully, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on besides the lake, so we'll have a TV available. But we're definitely looking forward to that this weekend, especially with all this heat that we're going to be getting. That'll be nice. So, yeah, it definitely will. Well, it's been fun tonight, guys, and hopefully we've enjoyed – uh, going over you no know, different consoles and games of the past and looking forward to the future and what the video game world might hold for us. But thank you for listening. And while you're at it, if you're out there, make sure you check out our website, uh, sportstalkgarage.com. You can find all of our information, information for the Outlap F1 podcast is on there as well and contact information. So make sure you check that out um, whenever you certainly can. And have a good night, guys. Bye, guys. Night. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to have your sports-related question or comment featured on the show, please email us at sportstalkgarage at gmail.com. Also, if you want to keep up to date with us outside of the show, please follow us on Twitter at sportsgaragepod. If you enjoyed the show, please drop us a five-star review and subscribe if you want to hear more. So for Chris back in the studio, David and Matt, I'm John, and we are the Sports Talk Garage. Sports Talk Garage.